Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I have a special guest. We have Danon Hughes, the former Chiefs wide receiver and current Big Ten Network and ESPN announcer. Danon, thank you so much for joining us. What's going on, fellas? I do want to correct you. You said former Chiefs, but you forgot former Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And Danon is holding up the Super Bowl uh, banner right now. uh, I wish the listeners could see. That's very cool. Fortunate enough to go down there. My wife and I went to the game. Oh, you were um, in Miami. Wow. So I do, I do the pregame and postgame shows for the Chiefs here in Kansas City. Uh, and uh, so I was down there for business and pleasure uh, and uh, got a chance to partake of every aspect of it from rally, Chiefs rallies, pregame uh, festivities, tailgating, uh, to the postgame confetti on the field and postgame interviews on the field and so on. So it was an amazing, amazing experience to be a part of. Do you have a favorite memory from that amazing experience? Um, it was an emotional, I will say it was an emotional experience. Um, I don't know if the same was for Joe V, but being here in Kansas City still and enduring in person a lot of the ups and downs and uh, high expectations and drawbacks at the end of seasons since, you know, I've been here since 93. So we've, we've seen 13 and three teams, number one seeds get ousted and 50 years without a Super Bowl. So it was an emotional time. I mean, for me and a lot of the former players there, you could tell, uh, you know, there was tears, there were, uh, you know, some frustrations, but it was elation afterwards because you felt so much for the fans. Um, You know, they've been the most rabid, great fans in Kansas City um, for for so many years. And yet, uh, you've been able to, they've been uh, so great for so many years and so dedicated, and we weren't able to deliver. So for me, it was kind of one of those deals where I, felt for the fans. I thought it was time and it was an emotional outburst as well. But one of the coolest parts of it for me also was in post game doing a post game interview. I got to interview Patrick Mahomes senior and uh, just talk to him for me being a dad of an athlete or athletes and him being a dad of the athlete of the day. Um, it was really special to be a part of that interview and, and chat with him about how he felt seeing his son accomplish this big feat so yeah it was it was a lot of different emotions going on but it was really cool wow dana that's that is unbelievable perspective and you know i'll give you a little perspective of of not being in kansas city for the last you know 23 years right and 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 our family moving back to philadelphia area. and we've talked about this a bunch of times on the podcast that you know if jen and i didn't have triplets at that particular time and we were from different parts of the country 
you know, we definitely would have settled there. And the fact that, you know, we grew up 10 minutes from each other outside of Philadelphia, it just made perfect sense for us to come home and, and get support with family that was all here, you know, having three kids all at once. But, you know, absolutely would have would have made our home in Kansas City for sure. And I'll give you some of the perspective of, of being away for so long and still being around a lot of Chiefs fans. Um, we watched the Jen and I and, and one of my daughters, we happened to be in New York the weekend of the AFC championship game. So we watched the game at a place called John Brown Smokehouse where Tony Richardson was right around the corner from in uh, Long Island city. And we went there to watch the game. And unfortunately Tony was, I think at the game at the AFC championship game. So we didn't get yeah. to see him there, but he's a, he's a real regular there. And it's, it's a chief's barbecue joint in the middle of, you know, Queens. So, right. Um, you know, pretty, pretty amazing um, opportunity to, to watch the game with some rabid fans in New York. And I'm telling you, we felt the same kind of elation from them knowing they were going to the Super Bowl than I'm sure, you know, came just as close to the folks that were that have lived in Kansas City their whole lives, you know, since the Len Dawson era and since they won a Super Bowl. So I got to tell you, there are fans everywhere of this team and, the, and not just fans because of bandwagon fans who because you know they're the they're the hot team of, of the uh, of the year there are some great Chiefs fans there's another bar here in Philadelphia called Big Charlie's they've been Chiefs fans forever uh the elation there was amazing and um it it, it it's a it was, it was sweeping the country I'm telling you it wasn't just Kansas City let me tell you there's a lot of a lot of great Chiefs fans out there who were really happy to see and very emotional to to celebrate that win let me tell you Absolutely. Cool. You know, I well, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. So glad, so glad to be a part of that and you know to witness it. My kids are jealous because my wife and I went, but too bad for <laughs> them. Uh, but yeah, it was great in the city. You know, unfortunately with COVID nineteen, not that you know there's a lot of major things above this, but unfortunately outside of the parade, you didn't really get to absorb the after effects of a Super Bowl during the preseason, I mean, during the off season and, uh, you know, draft and everything else. But I don't think, you know, anybody would change it for the world. It was awesome. You know, I, I, I'm a big admirer of speed. Tell me about that receiving core, Dana, and knowing it from the inside, right? The fact that you're there and you're covering the team and, and you live, you live close by and all that stuff. Also, having you know been a receiver yourself, now you know I remember Jeff Danen was a powerful big receiver, right? Big Ten Iowa receiver. I mean, he's he he was big. And Danen, tell me about tell me about this receiving core because I, I am amazed, and I think a lot of fans out there are amazed at the team speed. And yeah. I know there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to try to replicate what the Chiefs are doing. Uh, and what Eric Bieniemy and, and and Andy Reid are doing with that speed, like tell me Legion about that. Zoom, What's it you know? like to see in person on the sidelines? Yeah, the Legion of Zoom is in full effect, and you know, watching the game, whether I'm breaking down the game or preparing for post game shows or just take, soaking everything in, just like I'm sure with you, Joe, your eyes gravitate to the O line. My eyes gravitate to the receivers, and you wind up paying more attention. To that area because that's what we played and I just find it fascinating that these guys play at a speed that I've never seen the NFL play at and now we played with Deion Sanders and mm -hmm. Daryl Green and a lot of speedsters win the league and when you watch guys like Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, 
um, they pull away from NFL players. Mm. You see guys that are faster, but very rarely do you see guys pull away from another NFL player. And uh, so it just fascinates me how they're able to turn the corner, turn crossing routes, 15, 10, 15 yard crossing routes into 80 yard touchdowns. Uh, third and 15 in the Super Bowl, and you're able to have enough speed to get downfield to get a first down and lead, go head on to the go ahead touchdown and so on. Um, just exploit after exploit just continues to amaze me. I mean, you're, you're right. We were a receiving crew that had some speed. I was probably the slower one of the group, but I was the bigger, more physical guy. And I liked that aspect of the game. Um, but these guys are at a different level. And to your point about other teams copying, we know every pro sport has, is like a copycat league, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, mm -hmm. hockey, whoever wins, other teams start to try to emulate the next year. When you saw the draft, you look at the draft results of the AFC West. You look at the Denver Broncos, what they did in their first five picks. I, I believe they had the most picks of the entire AFC West. Uh, you look at the Raiders, what they did with getting a receiver, a fast guy first. Um, you look at the Chargers, what they were doing, and, and, and what to the extent that basically their game plan was we got to match at least what the Chiefs are doing. And we got to get the weapons like they do. So that's a huge compliment to Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, and what they've been able to institute here that, to me, there's no better kind of pat on the back than when you have other professional organizations trying to copy you just so they can compete with you. Speaking that's of wide true. receivers, Danan, um, one of your teammates, one of Joe's teammates, uh, Willie Davis has now a big role on the Chiefs. He's a scout. He, he, he identified a lot of the guys they drafted this year. Um, Joe, I, I believe that when I think of Willie Davis, tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Monday night football game, hmm. you caught the that tip, touchdown. The tippy-toe. Come on. The tippy-toe <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> that was Come him, on. right? Who does it, that was it. What well, Chiefs fan, diehard Chiefs fan, doesn't remember the tippy-toe touchdown? Totally. I mean, that's an epic game. Um, Dana and Joe, did you guys – so, again, he's – this is a guy with a bright future. Uh, he's really a trusted scout for the Chiefs. Did, when you guys were playing with him, did you kind of see that he might be a guy who is not only a, a good player making those clutch catches against the Broncos, but also a guy who, who would have a, a career in the front office or as a scout? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Willie's one of my close friends. I talk to Willie quite often. And I don't know if, Joe, if you saw it, Willie and I, obviously, we were always in the same meeting rooms. Smart player, yep. maximized his athletic ability mm -hmm. coming out of a small school in Arkansas and on practice squad for two years. And yep. then we played together in the World League. We, 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 we were, doing, we were I mean, two of the allocation players that, that Carl Peterson sent, you know, from the Chiefs, right? So we, 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 we clawed, he clawed his way. Yeah, I would have never thought that he would have gotten to – the levels of that. I knew he would have had it in him. I just didn't know if he would have had the interest mm -hmm. to do it. Not necessarily that he didn't have the ability. So, yeah, props to him because he and I talk uh, before every draft, right around after, after um, bowl games, and we just talk generally about what's out there and who's doing what, and then we kind of connect after the draft, and he gives me a little bit of a recap every once in a while. 
Um, and it's just amazing the knowledge that he has of the game uh, and the those little idiosyncrasies that he can see in players that will be good um, go at the next level. And so I value his opinion, his expertise. You know, we had Lake Dawson as a oh, wide receiver who, who was, you know, pretty high up in the scouting and personnel rankings uh, with different teams and organizations in the NFL. Um, so there's a lot of guys that were smart that we played with that are now making a living in a different aspect of the NFL. And it's really cool. Well, speaking of different aspects, Dana, um, you know, for some of our, you know, maybe our younger listeners and, and folks that may not know, you know, we were talking earlier when Jeff was making the introductions um, that, you know, you cover baseball uh, for both Big Ten and, and ESPN. Tell us why that is. For those who might not know why Dana News is a baseball expert. I know. Jeff knows. Tell, tell us, uh, tell us wh- wh- where, where baseball came into your life and, and what you were able to do with it, um, you know, for, as, a, as a college and, and, and pro career. Well, baseball has always been my first love. Uh, I love it more than football, still do. I've coached baseball for, uh, gosh, 11 11 years or so with travel teams and, um, you know, high-level travel teams. And uh, I was fortunate enough after football to get into broadcasting it. I love the game of baseball. I played at Iowa for four years, got drafted twice, and wind up signing – with the Brewers as the third round pick in 1992 and played two years with the Brewers system before the Chiefs drafted me and uh, wind up giving up baseball to, to, to go ahead and try this football thing. And six years later, uh, with a bunch of aching bones, I, I retired from football and wasn't able to go <laughs> back to the baseball field. And, uh, but it was one of the more difficult choices I've ever had in my life to give up baseball. And, uh, I've been able to broadcast it and coach it, which is, you know, right next to being a part of it on the field. And um, I can say that I was drafted with Derek Jeter and Jason Giambi and those guys that were in 92 draft. Uh, and they obviously went on to huge things. And I had some great experiences in Kansas City. But I wouldn't change the decision at all. No regrets. I wonder uh, what my – career path would have been if I'd have mm-hmm. stuck with baseball full time because I never played baseball for a full year without playing wow. football or playing basketball in high school so never being able to commit to off seasons and playing overseas and and uh all that I just wonder what my capabilities would have been um but I'm I, I love the two years in the minor leagues some great experiences there well, I got to see it firsthand. Um, Jeff may not know this, but Coach Schottenheimer, as a diversion during the dog days of, of training camp, we would have home run hitting contests. Remember that, Dana? And, um, you know, I, I had completely lost all of those fibers, uh, you know, growing into somebody who went from high school, at, you know, I, I played catcher at, you know, 205 pounds, and then all of a sudden I was 305 pounds. So swinging a bat, you know, was I, I was better at swinging an axe than I was a bat at that point um, with my times and cheese. But we used, that's what we used to do. And Danan obviously was was the ringer. So so Coach Schottenheimer did stoke Danan's fires a little bit, Jeff, um, at <laughs> training camp during the dog days when he would uh, we'd have our home run hitting contests. Who, and who uh, were the other know, sluggers? 
besides Danon, sounds like Danon was obviously up there with his baseball background. Who are the other uh, real sluggers, home run hitters on the Chiefs team? I remember DT was really good. I mean, Derek was he was he was a great great athlete. Marcus was a former baseball player too. Mm -hmm. That's uh, he and I really kind of gelled. He he loved baseball too. He Martin Bayless uh, was also he could swing it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, once I got once I got in a rhythm, it was kind of (laughs) over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was yeah. Give give Dana the trophy for the for the River Falls training camp uh, home run hitting contest hosted by you know Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty much a no brainer. Definitely somebody we we would we would want to bet on if that were uh, if that were legal back then, Jeff. Oh yeah, that was so fun. cool. Well, whether you're a baseball fan or a football fan or both, while you're waiting this one out at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partner BetOnline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, or MLB, but don't worry, BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back. Madden and NBA 2K simulations are going on. There's a 10,000 Madden bracket challenge. UFC is an online casino with poker and blackjack. And coming up Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls, Chicago, um, ex Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper join to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and, and their reactions to the final dance. So there's still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. Uh, Joe and I have had a lot of fun. We watched um, The Last Dance and we were going back and forth talking about it um, it, it, during the episodes and texting. It was so great. And, you know, that makes me reflect on – on how teams are kind of run and like behind the scenes. So it's so cool that bet online is doing this now to go behind the scenes of the chiefs of your era. Dana, give us your best Joe Valerio story from, uh, Oh gosh, here we go. (laughs) Man. I just remember Joe being, I mean, we had a stellar offensive line and the problem you have or the challenge you have when you have a, a stellar offensive starting line, is that there are guys that are reserves that probably could start in most any other place, and yet they may not get the full uh, availability or full, full opportunity. And Joe V was one of the more versatile offensive linemen. Long snapping, playing tight end. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Joe, you pretty much played every position on the offensive line, left, right, and center. So, you know, he and I, actually, I would say we probably emulated the same type of careers. I mean, you know, being versatile players that mm-hmm. can do anything. Uh, Joe V was uh, very athletic, obviously, to be a tight end uh, or in tight end packages. So uh, that's what I saw in him is that, you know, we, we had a, a group of offensive linemen that were just monsters, and Joe V was kind of the, the most – one of the most athletic besides – Will Shields, probably the most athletic one on the line, but the most versatile one as well. So uh, I always well, adhere to those type of players because they, you know, it kind of remind me of of how I was raised in the game. Do whatever it takes to help the team win. Uh, well, right back at you, Dane, and and, and you know the, your ability to block downfield, your your hands, unbelievable hands. Dane never dropped anything, and you know. Um, the versatility. We we 
Man. Universal. The, what's that, that buddy? <laughs> I said, I love to hit people. That's what I yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Not but receiver. <laughs> but but Dana, the the what I what I will always remember about Dana and being his teammate was was the fact that he was a great teammate. I mean, I Dana so positive, um, such a such a pick me up, always smiling, always positive to, to be on the field, always positive to be out there with the guys. Um, you know, that, that's what I will always remember about Dana. It, nothing was ever a chore for Dana, whether it was our hardest lifting day deep in the middle of training camp, you know, back in, in the Marty days of, you know, mm-hmm. multiple two a days in a row. Uh, Dana always was there with a smile on his face, taking it um, to the best of his, of his ability and, and to pulling teammates along. And, and Dana was an unbelievable teammate. And, you know, you don't you don't forget that. You know, when, when you're when you're in the thick of it and it's hard and you just want to quit and, you, you know, you just don't feel like you want to do it anymore, Dana was always there to pick a teammate along and always bring in the younger guys along. You know, Dana was an unbelievable mentor. And you can see it now, just the fact that he's coaching, working on sharing his skills with the game through his analyst and, and announcing work. I mean, Dana, just one of a kind. And, uh, you know, 83 was – Man, fantastic teammate. And it was the first thing I thought of when I had the pleasure of going out to Iowa and seeing my daughter play uh, field hockey on a on a um, on a trip out there. It was uh, opening weekend of their field hockey season. We were coming out from New England. My daughter played goalie up at Dartmouth College, and we were heading out to uh, Iowa to play, where her two coaches at Dartmouth were Iowa All Americans. Danan, um, that that's why we were out there. Um, and, and it was a fantastic experience. I, f- I finally got to go to a big 10 football game. I want to tell you, I was so impressed with your alma mater that, you know, between the campus, the beauty of the campus, the unbelievable student body that was just so excitable and, uh, you know, and, and the fans and all the community that supported it. And then the wave to the children's hospital, yeah. I lost it. I lost it. That was, that was a, that was a once in a lifetime experience that I'll never forget. So yeah, that was pretty, Dana was an amazing teammate and I'm so blessed to have had the chance to play with him and uh, you know, and, and, and feel his positivity. Thanks. Thanks for that, Dana. Yeah, that's a great experience up in Iowa and I'm glad you got a chance to partake of it, the wave and just the atmosphere. And, you know, that's, that's where kind of my journey started as more of a football player, kind of going to being a teammate is, you know, I really felt like you guys were my brothers. Like, like my efforts contributed to you guys' joy, you know, and as weird as that may sound, it was like, you know what, I, I got to do this for my brothers. I, like, I got to run through this wedge. I got to, you know, go across this middle with these huge Steve Atwater and, uh, all these safeties ready to take your head off. I got to do it because my brothers are, they, their joy depends on it. Their satisfaction, their success depends on it. And I think that was just kind of my mindset as a, as a player is that it was more personal than just a game. It was like, like it was a personal quest every single day, not just for me. Like I was behind the rest of my brothers. Like you guys, mm-hmm. Like I had to do all this because my brothers depended on me to do it. And, um, you know, we had that kind of atmosphere all in Kansas City. And, Joe, you got to see the what I got to experience in the transition from Iowa to Kansas City. It's pretty much identical. I mean, Kansas mm-hmm. City with Arrowhead 
is uh, almost like a college atmosphere. So uh, I, I've, I've been very, very fortunate in that respect. And we'll go ahead and take a quick pause with our podcast here. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now we're back. Uh, we have the pleasure of having Dan Hughes, former Chiefs, current uh, former Chiefs player, current ESPN and Big Ten network broadcaster, and also a Chiefs broadcaster. Uh, going back now to the present day or, or kind of the future, what, what are your predictions for this coming year? Do you, I mean, the Chiefs returning – 20 of 22 starters, do you think they're going to run it back and, and win again, Dana? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously it's tough. And, you know, I know I don't want to be a, a, a downer or have cast any doubts in the people's minds, especially Chiefs fans. But uh, one thing, you, you can't ever take it for granted. I mean, Joe V can attest to it with me. We went to the AFC Championship my rookie year uh, in 93-94 playoffs and never sniffed it again. Mm -hmm. Um, This Chiefs team did an amazing, amazing feat in the last two years with the AFC Championship and then uh, Super Bowl win, both being at home, getting there, and so on. But you could probably ask the the Packers fans, would they have expected Aaron Rodgers to only have one Super Bowl thus far? Would you Mm -hmm. have expected um, Brett Favre? during those times to have only one Super Bowl championship, Je- Drew Brees to have one. So there's been a lot, Russell Wilson. I mean, you can go through the list of what some people consider great quarterbacks and you, ex- because they were successful early, you expected that later and it just never happened. So I say all that, not to say that I don't believe in this Chiefs team. Uh, anytime you have the best quarterback on the planet, you have an opportunity um, but I think it's going to be a grind. Teams are going to – they are not just orchestrating their their game plans to attack the Chiefs. They're orchestrating their rosters completely to go against the Chiefs. And you have an entire AFC West and an, an entire AFC conference that are just focused on that, what they're doing in Baltimore, what they're doing in Pittsburgh, what they're doing, obviously, throughout the AFC West and in Indianapolis is in part to deal with the Chiefs. So when you have to take on all those bullets, it makes it tough. But as long as we stay healthy and you have Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and, and Spagnolo at the defensive helm, uh, we got a really, really good chance. Uh, and when you've got the greatest quarterback on the planet right now and Patrick Mahomes, it makes it even sweeter. So there's some concern because it's tough, but I like our chances. Yeah, the AFC West is definitely going to be tougher, I think, this year. I don't think they're just going to cruise through it, uh, go undefeated this year. But, yeah, the the Chiefs, you would think, got to be the betting favorites returning all those guys and with the best quarterback on the planet, as you said. Yep, and you got to stay healthy. I mean, anything can turn uh, on on a dime uh, in regards to healthy, and you – 
consider – I was at the Thursday night game mm. where uh, Patrick Mahomes went down in Denver. I took a trip with the team to Denver when he got hurt. And right then, I'm sure all the Chiefs fans took a, a huge gasp in, in the what everyone thought would be a Super Bowl year. And um, lo and behold, he was able to come back and be his same type of player. Um, but that could have went devastatingly wrong. And I'm not sure Matt Moore would have been a quarterback that could have led us to a, mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. Um, so you have to be fortunate. You have to be healthy. Uh, it, it definitely helps that we have 20 returning starters. Um, but things have to fall your way. And I think they have the right mindset. And that's the cool thing is that Andy Reid instills the right mindset with these guys to keep them hungry. You know, and and Jeff, Dana, just because we're you're on, on the show with us, Dana, and, and, and not just because we're great friends, I think about you every time I commute up to New York City and I go past Bayonne, uh, <laughs> you know, I always used to joke with Dana, I would call him the Bayonne bomber, um, <laughs> you know, being a couple East Coasters living out in the Midwest, you know, feeling a little landlocked every once in a while, not being near an ocean or uh, being near, you know, at least as close as we were to some major cities like Philadelphia and New York. But uh, Dana, every time I'm on the train heading up to New York, there I see, there he is, Dana, the Bayonne <laughs> Bomber right there, coming from the East Coast out in the Midwest. <laughs> All my family's back East. Uh, I'm a Bayonne kid, born and raised. That's my home. I live in Kansas City, but Bayonne's my home. And, uh, you know, I miss the pizza. I miss the Italian food. Um, <laughs> Everything that the East Coast brings, I miss. But we love it out here. But, yeah, Bayonne is very, very special in my heart, for sure. Well, we're so glad that you settled there. You know, that's the one thing. Unfortunately, Jen and I didn't get a chance to uh, to make Kansas City our home other than the six years that we were there. And, and we made the most of it. I mean, Jen was a you know, school teacher there, and we lived there full time. And you know, we very rarely left in the offseason. We stayed through, through most of the offseasons. Um, but that's the one thing I love about that city, how welcoming it is to the players and the players like you, Dana, that have stayed. And you know how strong that ambassadors group is. And uh, you've gotten to experience that firsthand, you know, for these last 20 plus years. And I, I'm just so excited for you that you made your home there. And, and um, you know, that's, that's just that's fantastic and a testament to you and your commitment to the organization. And, and also, I think the city, right, it's a testament to the city and, and why you stayed, even though you have a lot of family back here. And you still consider it your hometown where you grew up, but here you are, a resident of Kansas City for the last you know twenty five plus years, including your playing years, and that's just awesome. Um, I'm so so glad. Yeah, we've been very fortunate, and Kansas City, as you know, Joe, with when Lamar Hunt was alive, uh, he really instilled in us a sense of community, sense of giving back, staying connected. If you remember. The Chiefs fans out there remember those 90s years with all the, the photos of guys and their foundations uh, around mm-hmm. the, the base wall of Arrowhead Stadium, uh, guys supporting in the community. And the Chiefs ambassadors, there's about, I want to say there's about 48 of us now um, that are still connected to the organization, still doing charity work, fundraising, giving away a lot of money, scholarships, um, you know, we just had a, 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 a deal where we gave away masks to different hospitals and, and different entities around Kansas City. So being able to still have that one foot in the organization, in, in the locker room, and still have that team feel with the ambassadors is really special. 
And uh, not many people know we're the only group like that in the NFL. So of all the teams in every city, uh, the Chiefs are the only ones that have that kind of uh, connected group. And that's what makes it even extra special. So it, it's been really cool. Definitely. Awesome, and, and thank you so much for uh, joining us, Damon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.